Welcome to the Brand Nubian Podcast, The Sound of Nubia, where we bring to you inspiring personalities and compelling stories that transcend borders and boundaries. I'm your host, Mohsin Najmuddin, bringing to you good vibrations from the land of the pharaohs and, of course, the Nubian kings and queens. In today's episode, we have a very special guest with a very beautiful smile, Mr. Muhammad Dahab, the founder and the president of Elevate Organizations. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to talk about the, uh, the Elevate organization. Um, my name is Mohamed Dahab. I am the uh, president, founder, and general director of the Elevate organization. The Elevate organization was founded in, uh, in 2019 with a very, very specific goal, you see. And to talk about how Elevate was founded and how we came to be an organization, I have to take you a little bit, a little bit further back and give you some of my own personal history. So I myself, I'm, a, I'm an international aid worker. I've been an international aid worker since the day I graduated from university in, in Switzerland at the University of Genève. Um, I went back to my home country and I immediately started working in, of Sudan. And I immediately started working within the humanitarian field. As my career progressed, I went on to work with uh, not just the Humanitarian Aid Commission, which is the government body responsible for um, implementing, supervising and monitoring humanitarian work in Sudan. And then I went on to work with Médecins Sans Frontières in Sudan itself, and then other humanitarian posts and positions. And um, and by the time Elevate had opened up, I had uh, I just completed my master's degree in New York at the university, at Fordham University. And, um, and I was working at the UN. I was working for the African Union mission to the United Nations, um, undertaking some humanitarian dossiers. When myself and a few friends and a few partners came together and we said, you know, Sudan, we're, we're humanitarian experts. We're, we're not just humanitarian experts. We have a very particular uh, niche within the humanitarian field, which is uh, sustainable development. And being Sudanese and having uh, such an expertise, and in particular with project management and implementing humanitarian developmental projects with a, with a, a key concentration on implementing um, sustainable developmental projects, we decided that, you know, it's best we go back to Sudan and implement our expertise and uh, work to develop the country. This was, in, this was in early 2019. The country was going through a lot of changes. It was a very transient phase for Sudan. And we felt as though it, the time was, it was, it was high time. It was high time we, we went back to Sudan to implement developmental, sustainable developmental organizations. And so we got together with a few partners, with a few friends, and I went back to Sudan and I founded the Elevate Organization for Community Development, or Elevate for short. Elevate was built on um, a few key principles. If you were to ask me who we are, I could simply say that we are a private, non-government organization working in the fields of development, humanitarian assistance, with a particular focus on community-based developmental projects uh, for disenfranchised populations or people who are in need. Our vision is, is, is quite a simple one. It's very straightforward. We seek to elevate the status of disenfranchised communities. Is that our main objective is not just to provide sustainable development, but to, to provide sustainable development in a way that is cost-effective with a high ROI or rate uh, return on investment and all our projects um, are focused on becoming, on being community-led, community-run, community-owned. And because in our experience, that is the best way for a project to not just be successful, 
but to be sustainable and everlasting and truly impactful. Mm. Interesting, actually. So about about the Elevate organization. So what made you dive into helping people? And how do you think your efforts have made a difference for those you're serving? So how I got into humanitarian assistance was almost by accident. I was, I originally studied international uh, trade law at the University of Geneva in Switzerland. Um, and almost by accident, I found myself working with what is called the Humanitarian Aid Commission, or HAC, in Sudan for my national service, the Khidma Wataniya. Mm. And I just got swept into this world, and I became, I became engrossed into the idea of providing humanitarian developmental assistance and making a genuine, real impact. And, um, uh, and I was hooked from day one. And uh, since then, my entire career has been uh, within the humanitarian developmental field. Um, interesting. It's interesting. So how did you become an, an expert in represent in um, responding to emergencies? And it's a great question. Um, projects? I see. So pure experience. I started working with the Humanitarian Aid Commission as soon as I graduated in uh, 2010, as soon as I graduated university in 2010. And as part of my portfolio, we would we would supervise and implement humanitarian assistance. And uh, and throughout the years, we would keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And then we got to a point where we ourselves were considered to be people knowledgeable in the field. So when it came time to... Um, to implement elevates uh, humanitarian assistance, emergency humanitarian assistance mandate, you know, um, we found ourselves to be pretty capable. And let, let me say again, um, humanitarian assistance is not a hard field. It requires a, a, a degree of experience, true. It does require a degree of expertise. But by and large, it's a field that is so welcome by all sides, whether it's uh, formal channels or, of course, the communities you're helping that it becomes easier to do as long as you keep one thing in mind, which is the beneficiary, the beneficiary of this assistance. If you keep the beneficiary foremost with regards to your targets and objectives, everything else falls into place smoothly. So like, um, as you said, you, you, so you do, you, um, you studied in different, um, in different, um, universities or just in, uh, so I didn't study university. Sudan. I, I got my undergrad at, uh, at the university of Geneva international trade law but i very quickly uh gave up on the field and immersed myself within the within the humanitarian field the international humanitarian assistance field and i would go on to obtain a master's degree in international humanitarian assistance from fordham university in new york nice so you completed um the, the studies in new york nice one so um so how does growing up and Growing up and studying in different countries affect your work at the Elephant Organization? So to be perfectly fair, perhaps I should go back a little bit longer. I am the son of diplomats. Um, I was born, for example, uh, in Belgrade, in what is in, in what is now ex-Yugoslavia, what is now Serbia. And then, f and then f I grew up with my parents, and so my parents would be posted to different diplomatic postings all over the world. So almost by default, I, um, I was lucky enough to obtain an international education and international upbringing. 
that, of course, is very, very helpful when it comes to um, working with international partners, you know, at different levels, with different cultures, different languages and such, to be able to quickly assimilate to whatever context you're in, to whatever um, language and culture and manner of speaking of whomever you're speaking to, whether it's a, it's a donor partner, whether it's a beneficiary, or whether it's an implementing partner is very, very useful skill to have. I'm very grateful to my parents and my upbringing. Nice, nice one, actually. So um, it looks like, so studying in different, in different countries and getting the, 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 the culture from them, it actually, it adds to your level of Communication is key. As well. Communication and being able to connect with whomever you're speaking to, again, whether it's a donor, beneficiary, implementing partner, is key to be able to attract the right sort of people, the right sort of partnerships, and the right sort of environment, let's say, in order to implement um, sustainable developmental projects at a high degree of quality and efficiency. Nice. So, like they say, behind every, behind every successful man, a really um, good advice. So what would you advise? people, young, young people like me, right? Who are trying to make it in life to build their own businesses and organizations. What would you advise them the first thing that they should do? The first skill that they should develop? Okay. So again, if, if I was to tailor that answer to Sudanese youth in particular, given the context that we are in right now, Sudan is a country at war. Um, and not just the current war, but even before the war, Sudan was going through Enormous economic turmoil, to, to put it mildly. So Sunni's youth are faced with unprecedented challenges. These are challenges we uh, our parents never had. If you were to speak to your parents, they would tell us of the golden days of Khartoum, free education, um, jobs, and professional opportunities. Before you graduate, you would have a job. Um, and you would have a fixed place in society. Yes. Things were relatively much, much easier back then than they are today in terms of opportunities. Sunnis youth today have no to very little of the opportunities our parents had. Let's be frank. Uh, we, we have not even a fraction of the opportunities our parents had. Even our own education was funded by our parents, mostly, for a large degree of, of, the, of the educated Sunnis youth had to rely on their parents to pay for their education as opposed to our own parents, whom the government and society educated them for, for almost for free. So just the degree of challenges and, and blockades facing the average Sudanese youth is enormous. Let, let, let's, let's be frank, but it's, it's something to also put in consideration. And also the Sudanese youth today have, have shown enormous resilience, creativity. I mean, what the Sudanese youth has managed to, to achieve, despite all these economic, social, political, and now military, military, military challenges, is enormous. I think the Sunnis youth needs to be recognized for that. Um, that said, how would we go about? If I'm if I'm if I'm understanding your question, react uh, correctly. How would we go about setting up a career in the humanitarian field? That's that's a tough one. There's no a one size fits all with regards to humanitarian um, the humanitarian field. But I will say this: the humanitarian field is crowded. 
there are lots of partners and opportunities within the humanitarian field. So there's really no need to reinvent the wheel. I would, I would start off small, especially for young, if you have some space and some resources to volunteer and to gain experience and exposure within the humanitarian world. And uh, in order to give you experience and also an understanding of the humanitarian field, that would be something I would highly recommend as a starting point. It's really, really, really interesting. I'm actually not just enjoying this. I'm really also like learning things that will help.